Welcome to Grace in the Shadows with Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Jonathan Beeler. Well, hello, everybody. It is Saturday for us, sipping on some coffee, enjoying the day. We always have to talk yeah. about coffee at least once a week, right? You know, and that's one of my weird facts. Oh. Interesting enough. Americans spend an average of $1,092 on coffee per year. Oh, my. That's roughly $92 a month, which is $3 worth of coffee a day. Oh, I hope we don't spend that much. We probably do. (laughs) We need to do. We probably do. Oh, okay. Well, we want to do some shout out before we get to more interesting facts. Go ahead. Yes, yes. yes. Let's shout out to Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks. Nashville. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, a lot of country singers there and... A lot of cool things. I've been to Nashville. Elvis has been there. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis has been there. A lot of people have been there. A lot. Of, it's, a, it's a great city. Yeah. It's a cool Terrific. city. So Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. We also want to thank um, the rest of our listeners for downloading, sharing, and listening. Helps tremendously. Absolutely. Please reach out to us if you would like to our email, Jonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can reach out to us by text or phone call, 251-244-4645, especially if you are looking for a pastoral counselor or a clinical counselor in Alabama or Virginia. No, not Virginia. Well, I'm moving places for us. In North I'm Carolina. In the process of getting Virginia. Maybe that's why yeah. I'm thinking about Virginia. Yeah. Someday, someday. Anyway, also check out our website, graceintheshadowsor.org. We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter. And we would love to interact with you and see what you think and what you yes, want yes, to share yes. with us. All right. So do you have any other interesting facts, Dr. J? Driving to space would only take an hour. Driving to space. If it was the- theoretically, is okay. possible. All right. If you were to drive in a straight line upwards mm-hmm. into the atmosphere, mm-hmm. sixty miles per hour, mm-hmm. you would get to space in an hour. Well, that's pretty cool. We yeah. think. We think one day they'll make cars able to do that. I think we probably won't be here. We'll either be raptured, we right. Lord, or we'll be gone. You know, always, I mean, we watched the Jetsons when we were little, and they always had flying cars, and I thought, well, maybe someday, and we hadn't seen them yet. Mm-mm. Who knows? Who knows? I was drinking my coffee. You were drinking your coffee. Yes, you were. I thought part of the $1,000. That's right. <laughs> Every three seconds, there is a birth taking place somewhere in the world. Oh, Wow. That every three seconds? Mm-hmm. That's Approximately 360,000 births take place per day. Oh, wow. And that's Amazing. about 15,000 births per hour. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. All right. Okay. I'll see. We'll you do got another one? One or two more here. Okay. Let's see here. Um, hmm. Hmm? China is, the, this is not too um, unusual. Right. But China is the world's largest silk producer. Oh, cool. Over 15,000 metric tons of silk are produced annually. Mm-hmm. They account for 78% of the world's silk production. Oh, yeah. silk. All right. I don't have any silk. Do you have any silk? I don't. No, I, I, I don't, don't either. <laughs> um, All and, right. Yeah. Um, a meteor with the force of 10 atomic bombs crashed on Earth, and no one noticed. 
Well, where did that happen and when and why? On December 18, 2018, a meteor hit Mm -hmm. our atmosphere, but was failed to be detected by NASA. Weird. And the reason for this, Mm -hmm. because it took place in the Bering Sea, which was a closed area. Oh, okay. So it happened in the sea. So it just went into the sea. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty pretty cool. cool. Those are kind of some uh, weird facts. Right. Well, today, I'm going to take over a little bit. You are, and and, and, uh, you're kind of going to lead this thing. I am going to lead this thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so today, we are talking about imposter syndrome. Now, what do you think, if I asked you what is imposter syndrome, what would you say? What would your definition be of imposter syndrome? Well, I kind of know what it is, and I don't want to just, but if I first heard it, right, I would think you're trying to be something you're not. Okay, uh, that is a great, great definition. I'm impressed with you. Well, Look at you. Well, yeah, I kind of know what it is. I know. I'm just teasing. Well, but, uh, let's before we talk about what it is. Um, <laughs> imposter syndrome was first described or uh, discovered in 1978. <laughs> A study was conducted in 2020 that stated that 9 to 82 percent of people experience imposter syndrome. Now, that is a really I think that's a really unusual percentage there. But anyway, a lot of people in the world do experience imposter syndrome. So what is it? Go ahead. Nine percent. I don't. I, well, somewhere in there, yeah. you're right. Okay, well, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So, imposter syndrome <laughs> is a situation that often affects professionals, mm-hmm. especially females. Not only of females, but a lot of females have this syndrome, mm-hmm. and uh, especially people that are seen as perfectionists, having that type A personality. And this syndrome causes professionals to feel inadequate, mm-hmm. like they're a fraud at their profession, or that they're not good enough, they shouldn't be successful mm. at what they do, and they often do not trust their skills and capabilities. And I'm going to be, I'm just going to throw this out there and be honest, I have imposter syndrome. You know, I was working on my um, my EDD, my doctorate, and I struggled a lot thinking, why am I doing this? I am not smart enough to do this. I can't. I'm. I, but I did. I finished it, thank God. And I still think sometimes I have no clue how or why I did that. You know, I think that's probably, I think I probably did too. Yeah. I think that's a lot higher. Yeah, I think, I, think so it, I think that's very, very high. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys mm-hmm. are imposter syndrome people as well. Yeah. But they just, because of their testosterone, the way they've been right. reared and molded, yeah. pride, they, mm-hmm. they act like they don't. Right. They don't talk about it. And you can't really be diagnosed with this because this is not in the DSM-5 as a diagnosis. It's not. But, I, you know, I kind of think it should be. It should be. Yeah. It, it really, I mean, who knows? Because it, it brings, it brings anxiety, yeah, depression. Definitely. Um, yeah. Maybe someday they'll put it in there. Maybe because of this <gasps> Maybe listen to our podcast and say, hey, we <laughs> need to have that. Yes. Who knows? All right. So some symptoms of imposter syndrome are feeling like you're a fraud. Mm-hmm. Fear someone's going to find out that you are really an imposter and you're not good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Unable to internalize that you are successful, mm-hmm. constant uncertainty and self-doubt, and poor self-worth. Well, I just lost that one. Yeah. I think I'm a mm-hmm. imposter. So. Well, me too, because I have yeah. the majority of those, if not all of them as well. So we are coming to you today talking from experience. 
All right. Imposter syndrome can affect several areas in a person's life. Mm -hmm. One area is work productivity. Um, A lot of times a person with imposter syndrome, they feel like they can't deliver. They can't do what's being asked of them. Um, And they feel like more is expected of them than they can even handle, which is not true. I mean, they can handle it, but they feel like they can't. And this can even cause them from holding themselves back, not even trying to go higher into a higher position or doing Mm -hmm. higher tasks. And they fear they're going to do something wrong. I think that that's good. I think that I think this has a definite. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, you're the leader, so I'm going to. No, go ahead. Do you feel? I'll rephrase that. Okay. I'll take back that question. Strike that. You're, <laughs> God, just do you, I mean? Do you think that imposter syndrome is developed by the way we were brought up? Yes. Mm-hmm. And. And trauma in our life. I do think so. We'll talk a little bit about this later, but okay. but no, no, I definitely we won't talk a lot about it. But so I definitely think that is true. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the way we're perceived in the family unit, or the way we res, uh, you know look at ourselves from the family unit can can cause this. I, I agree. I agree. All right, another one: not consenting to new responsibilities. A lot of times, a person that has imposter syndrome, you know, they may be asked to take on a new responsibility, a new task at work, and they'll be afraid to do that because. Uh, they 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 feel that they're limited. They're afraid because they think they will fail. So they won't even take on those responsibilities because they're scared they're going to fail. So they don't even try a lot of times, mm. which is sad. Mm. Uncertainty and self-doubt, which we've talked a little bit about, but we'll continue that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, imposter syndrome, they're often able to celebra- unable to celebrate their success because they feel like they don't deserve it. So let's say they get uh, a raise or they get, they're climbing up the ladder and they have a higher position. Um, they might not even be able to celebrate that or even realize that they are successful because mm-hmm. of that self-doubt and the uncertainty about themselves. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad. sad. It is sad. It is sad. Um, I know that at work, I moved up to a supervisor position, which I really wanted. But at first and still times now, I often feel inadequate. And that's sad because I'm not. And I know I'm not because who I am in Christ. And we'll go into that a little bit later. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right. Another one is pointing to outside factors for the reason of success rather than their own abilities. They they can't accept that their own abilities have gotten them to where they are. So they'll point to other factors because they don't feel confident. They don't feel competent either. And they often feel that their success was a mistake, that it should have been given to somebody else. But for some reason, it was giving to them. And they're like, okay, that that was weird. That shouldn't have happened. Which is and, and kind of biblically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, God wants us to. Things don't happen by accident. True. It happens because of the sovereignty of God. Absolutely. And He wants us to give Him glory for that. And yeah. so we're kind of throwing it back at Him. That is very true. Yeah. Which is not good. So I mean, if you're a Christian and you're dealing with this imposter syndrome, you really need to think about that. You know, we're, yeah, we're not accepting ourselves as a child of the king, which is not good. I struggle with that. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I really do. 
Um, burnout and dissatisfaction and not seeking to move up higher where they work or in their company often follows somebody with imposter syndrome. They don't often seek higher positions because they feel like they're unworthy. They won't be able to perform. And then sometimes they work so hard, put in so many hours because they're trying to prove to themselves that they're not an imposter. And in their mind, they're also thinking they need to approve uh, others that they are not an imposter. And so they end up burning out, Mm. which is not a good thing. And yeah. You know, I think Moses was an imposter syndrome. How so? Well, when he was at the burning bush, mm-hmm. you know, God said, take off your shoes, Moses. This is holy ground. He <laughs> took them off. And right. he goes, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to say, let my people go. And he said, <laughs> God, I'm not a good speaker. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not very eloquent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And God said, God got a little mad. He, he said, did. who made your mouth? Right. Who made your tongue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he showed him mercy. He sent Aaron. He did. Yeah. But if you study the life of Moses, you see later that Aaron really, Aaron at first was the one that was doing the talking. He was a crutch. He was a crutch. But eventually you see Moses doing the talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So God showed mercy despite right. frustration. But then, you know, when they were in the wilderness, um, people would come to him like a judge or a king. And he was wearing himself out probably because he felt like, you know. He you was know? trying to prove to his mom, his mm-hmm, dad, his mm-hmm. family, his Every, friends, himself, his childhood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even God. Right. Which, yeah. Which is really wrong, but it that's is. what he was struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there was a study conducted in 2014, and it discovered that people with imposter syndrome often stay in their position because they have trouble thinking they can do better and take on a higher job. They don't realize their worth, and they don't try to go higher in their field because they don't feel like they're worthy of moving up, which is is distressing. It really is. Now, Another thing that can possibly happen with a person with imposter syndrome is they are overachievers. Mm. And I resemble this remark. <laughs> yeah, I think I've met all these. I think yeah, I'm just like me a, too. Looking the in the, the mirror. Scale. Yeah. They often set unrealistic or challenging goals, yep. some that they won't even be able to achieve because they fear failure. Yeah. And they take on those things. So just to be overachiever, to prove to themselves, I guess, that they're not an imposter. Who knows? So um, Dr. Valerie Young, who is the author of The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women, Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. That is quite a lengthy name. She identified five types of imposters. And I am not just talking to women, even though this was geared at women. I think there's a lot of men out there. I I, I I know there are. Well, I think the women are the ones that will admit it. They admit it. The men don't. You are... You have admitted, I'm very proud of you that you were able to. I'm humble and proud of it. I'm so humble and proud of it. Yeah, so we're not, men, do not stop listening. You need to listen to this as well. Even though her book was geared at men, at women, we are geared to both of you. All right. Okay. So uh, there are five types of imposters, five types. One is the expert, Mm. the expert. Now, this person works to know anything and everything about a subject they're working on. Sometimes to point to the, I'm laughing because 
Our lovely Dr. J does this. Uh, I've seen it. I'm telling on you. They're working on sometimes to the point of not completing other tasks because they feel the need. They need to know more and more. And you'll do that. You will get onto a subject, which is great. And you'll study and you'll study and you'll study like for hours and you won't rest. You won't take a break and you'll study until you know everything backwards and forwards about a topic and the expert and you can't burn yourself out. And then you have to catch up on everything you didn't do because you were studying. Yeah. You must have been watching me or thinking about me. (laughs) No, I was thinking about myself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The perfectionist. Now, this is me. You're the expert. I'm the perfectionist. This person worries, doubts, often deals with major anxiety because they feel they are unable to achieve the extreme goals that they've often set for themselves. Sometimes the sometimes the workforce is not expecting this, but they're expecting I'm expecting this of mm-hmm. myself. And even when they've done something worthy of celebrating, they focus on what they could have done better mm-hmm. rather than celebrating their success. Which is, you know, I, uh, in the position that I'm in, sometimes I have to go on um, big meetings and share. And I always feel that everybody else that's sharing has much more interesting things to say than me. And I will work myself to death up into a frenzy before I share because I'm worried that I'm not going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good position to be in. I hear you. Definitely not. Definitely, definitely causes anxiety. The next one is the natural genius. Now, this person can gain new skills very easily. You give them a task, they've got it. Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. (laughs) But if they struggle to achieve a goal and are unable to, or it takes longer than they think it should, they may often feel weak. And sometimes I struggle with this, like there might be something in my job, uh, like with the spreadsheet, we have smart sheets, things like that. Maybe I don't quite know how to do that. And I I get frustrated with myself that I won't even try or I will try so hard. um, And I feel like I I, and and sometimes it takes longer than I feel like it should for me to get that task done. And I do feel weak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Another one is the soloist. Mm. And this person's a lone stranger. Lone ranger. Lone ranger. They feel that if they work closely with others, that other person might see that they are incompetent. Mm. So they often turn down help because they feel they should be able to do everything, which is not good. because that's dangerous. It is dangerous. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need to reach out to others and train Mm -hmm. others to do something for you, with you. And instead, if you're this person, you're not going to do it because you're afraid that they're going to laugh at you because you don't understand something or lack abilities and and think differently of you, which is not good. All right. Superhero. This is the last one. This person is a workaholic. They often are the ones that burn out due to the great effort they put into task. And you quite often tell me that I'm like this. <laughs> I'm, I can be <laughs> And you're like too. this too. Um, I know we both can do this. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, I think, uh, I think a lot of this goes back to unresolved conflict from childhood. Oh, that's a, yeah. And trauma. I think so. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. All right. There's some risks to having imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. The first risk is new challenge. They feel unworthy of new opportunities and tasks. So they often will not take on the new challenges. 
So maybe they will not be perceived as as being able to do these things because of this. Family environment, which you've alluded to. If they have siblings that are deemed better or smarter than them, they often feel inadequate. Even if the parents and the other sibling don't... Don't, don't say that. Yeah, don't say that or even imply it's that. Perceived. Or even, yeah, it's perceived. And if they're the scapegoat or the black right. sheep... Right, yes. Uh, they're perceived automatically as that, uh-huh. you know, the right. poor black sheep. And if they're in in the corporate world or, or basically anywhere in a white-collar job or something of that nature, they're going to feel like they can't move up mm-hmm. because of this family environment that caused them to feel inadequate. So it holds them back. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Um, depression and anxiety often come from the imposter syndrome um, because they they feel like they're working so hard and not achieving or they're not capable. And then they work harder and anxiety. And then if they're distancing some, themselves from other people, a lot of times depression will come in as well. That's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, very true. All right. So how should we handle imposter syndrome? Number one, we should rest in Jesus. You need to put Jesus first in your life. Realize he's in control of your life, that he's the one giving you these new opportunities and rest in him and accept his blessings. Don't argue with him and tell him, no, 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 no. He's given these to you. You need to accept them. You know, Jesus, the disciples, Prior to his 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 well his first coming yes meeting them mm-hmm. they thought the Jews thought they were living by the law right and they were tired mm-hmm. tired because all the rules and traditions yes. yes trying to earn God's favor right and Jesus said come to me all you that are heavy laden mm. and I will give you rest that verse is exactly for this yeah. Point. Definitely. Rest. Absolutely. Number two, realize you are not a fraud. You're a child of the king. Act like it. If you do your job with a good attitude, not a deceptive attitude, which a fraud is deceptive, when you look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, you can realize that you are truly helpful, you're competent, and you're reliable. Even if you feel like a fraud, if you can say those things to yourself, you're not a fraud. A fraud is a person who is deceptive in all things. So if you're not deceptive, you're not a fraud, realize what a fraud is and realize that is not you. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Realize that God is still on his throne. You did not end up in your position or your task by luck. You ended up through the providence of God. So realize that and act like it. God puts you in that position. So act like it. Another thing you should do is talk through your feelings. Find somebody that you trust, a loved one, a good friend. You know, it could be somebody at work, but often I think it's good to talk to somebody outside of the environment uh, and talk through your feelings. Tell them what you're thinking. Really talk through because talk therapy is really good, I think. It is. Know the symptoms of imposter syndrome. We've talked about them today. Know what they are. Realize, hey, I think I'm feeling I'm feeling this because I'm dealing with imposter syndrome. Realize, so I need to stop it. You know, take charge of negative thoughts. When you feel those negative thoughts, I'm not adequate. You know, slip it and stop them. Take charge of them. Say, I'm the child of the King. God has done this for me, and I'm going to rest in Him. 
um, you may need to seek counseling. You know, even though it's not a recognized diagnosis, it is a recognized fact that it can be there. So seek counseling if you really have ended up in depression, anxiety, you can't move forward because of the way you view yourself. Seek out counseling. And last, recognize your accomplishments and achievements and write them down. Keep Mm -hmm. a written list. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your dashboard or your car. Put it somewhere so you can remind yourself when you're feeling like an imposter, hey, you know, I feel like this, but look, I've done this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. finally, realize God's in control. I love it. Yeah. Love it. I don't love imposter syndrome, but I love, yeah. Absolutely. So if you are dealing with imposter syndrome, I do hope that this has ministered to you. This has helped you and that you can take uh, some of these thoughts and realize that you're not an imposter. God is in control. He's got you and he's on the throne. And God can take your mess, turn it to a message for his glory, for your good. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Goodbye.